Welcome back, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, my name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 99. We are so, so close, y'all. It is crazy. It's insane. I cannot wait. I cannot wait to get to the uh, the 100th episode, which I'm going to kind of explain my game plan as of just like a little, say, this is what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. And then we get into the questions, which we have about like 17, 18, something along those lines. Uh, football starting up again. Get excited about that, guys. So how I'm going to kind of structure this, let's just get out the gate. I'm sorry again for the long wait for another episode. If you've been really anticipating that or anticipating a guest, it's kind of falling through. So I'm kind of trying to figure out what my next step is. But don't worry, that stuff's on the way. I promise you guys. Episode 100, I want to drop either Monday or Tuesday next week before I head back up to school full time. And in that process, I'm going to try to do at least one episode a week. And it's probably going to be on Monday or Tuesday, dropping that day. And it's going to be a recap of the NFL, college football, storyline stuff. I'll do emergency podcasts when they call for it. Maybe occasionally do a Thursday night football review if the game's like wild and we need to just talk about it. Or in that case, if someone wins a championship, something like that. But when I get back to school, expect about one episode per week when I can. It's going to get busy. It's going to get crazy. But I hear for you guys, especially after episode 100, we can start to return to our roots per se and continue to do things like that. So stay tuned, get excited, and let's get into these mailbag questions. We got a lot of fun ones. We got a lot of football ones. So if you're featured on this, awesome. If you're not, maybe this episode is motivation to get your question on there. Maybe you had one that you really had one. And you're like, ah, I don't know. All questions are welcome here, as long as it's like appropriate or something like that. But uh, we're going to get into that. And if I didn't get to your question or I didn't get your, you sent me a text on the question, I didn't get it. I'm so sorry. It's been a whirlwind. It's been crazy these last couple of weeks. So without further ado, let's get to the first one for Addison. It says, how do you think Trevor and ETN will do together in their first year in the pros? So a lot of people were really excited. And I either you had a, you're a Clemson fan. You're super excited that Jacksonville was getting the guys that pretty much for three years were the consistent, just number one. They were alpha. It was all that great stuff for Clemson. National championship. Two two appearances, one victory, and all straight three years playoffs. And for ETN's case, he was there for four years. And nothing but dominance. Those guys were the best quarterback and running back tandem in the country. Did a lot of great things. And the first year in the pros, Trevor uh, has struggled, has some struggles, but also has some right moments. And Travis Etienne is hurt the entire year. And he quote, is quoted by saying, if there was a year to miss, last year was probably a good one, considering all the messes with Urban Meyer. How I think that they're going to be used, I think Etienne's going to really give this offense and what I like to call kind of these drives. He's basically going to be able to shorten a drive he's going to be able to have those quick bursts because he at Clemson all the time it'd be like third one or second and two at the 35 yard line and you'd blink and he'd be on the other side of the field running for a touchdown he is that quick now that will if that speed can translate to the pros in that next level he's going to be dangerous he's also a great passing back so Trevor Lawrence can use that as well I think he and James Robinson will complement each other and it'll be really interesting to see how it pans out I think those first six games, you might not really get an impression just because ETN's got to learn how to be an NFL pro. He's got to learn that speed, that adjustment. Because preseason's one thing, playing against the 11 guys that are these starters, it's a whole different animal too. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think they're going to be pretty successful. Maybe not to the level of Clemson, where they were the top, but certainly something exciting. You could see maybe ETN being a sort of a speedy, 
what's the what's the comparison I'm looking for? Maybe it's something that like the Raven, where they could really be creative with him. They, they, he's not limited to one thing. He's a not a one trick pony at a running back. Something like that. Okay, this next question comes in from London. The Saints, and he put it in all caps because you can see it in here. He gets really excited about it. Saints likelihood on winning the Super Bowl with the emoji uh, exclamation points, like the red ones. So what's the Saints likelihood? I actually made a podcast video on this at the beginning of the summer um, about the Saints, potentially their likelihood. The NFC is a little weaker this year. There's about three teams that I would say are the contenders, Buccaneers with Tom Brady. You got the Rams with Stafford. And then you have the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. And then it feels very open. You could say the Cardinals, maybe the 49ers, but the Saints have a really great opportunity. They have the Bucks number. They consistently, especially with that Dennis Allen defense, continuously harass Tom Brady. Maybe they can steal the division from him. Maybe they can take some of those next steps. Jameis Winston, before he went down, they were 5-2, and two and they were dangerous. They just got back Michael Thomas. They just got back Chris Olave. If they can get the right matchups within the playoffs, because I do think this is a playoff team for sure, 100% in my mind, a playoff team. If they can get a right matchup in the playoffs, maybe get a home game in the Superdome where everybody in New Orleans is going nuts, really excited about that football again since Drew Brees retired, I think you could get really excited about this team and what they can do. I think Dennis Allen, I've been hard on him. It's more of a wait-and-see type thing, but I believe in Jameis Winston, which I didn't ever think I'd say, <laughs> which is crazy. I don't know. That's what I think, London. I think if you can get the right matchup within the playoff, you got a good shot. And I, I think Jameis, as long as he takes care of the football and Alvin Kamara does what he does and Chris Olave potentially emerges at that second receiver to complement Michael Thomas. So a lot of good things that can happen. Okay, this one comes from Ben, and he just wants my thoughts on the battle between DJ and Cade. And I just want me to tell you, DJ is going to start week one. There is no like battle, quote unquote, going on. I think at practice, they've had their moments. They've had their ups and their downs. I've been actually lucky enough to go cover it and kind of check out a couple of drills and stuff like that for ClemsonSportsNews.com, which you should definitely check out our articles and our show, Tiger Talk Tuesdays and CSN Live. Quick little selfless plug. But I think Cade is certainly – what Cade is to me, he's certainly a presence as a freshman quarterback. You, When he speaks, people listen type thing. He's got a great release on the ball. It feels very natural. DJ's got all the talent in the world too. I would say DJ starts week one, and if things kind of progress the way they did last season in terms of his play, Kate will go right in there. We had Darian Rencher on on a Clemson sports show, and he said Kelly Bryant. The difference between this battle and Kelly Bryant versus Trevor Lawrence is Kelly Bryant bought himself time. He went 12-2. and two. He took him to the playoffs. This isn't the case for DJ. There's more pressure on DJ to step up, and they're also Kate Klubnik, as good as he is, he's no Trevor Lawrence where he's just a generational talent. So I think there's going to be a little bit of a lull. It's not the same situation, but I think DJ week one, I'm confident in him, and Clemson fans should be too. <laughs> this next one is going to be great. And I don't know, Reed, I think your question was actually similar to Ben's, so I just kind of gave you the funny one. And so I'm going to quote this. He says, I know MLB isn't the most covered sport on this show, but rumors are swilling within the listener base that I've seen a certain video floating around. So I must ask, are you indeed a Braves now found? All right, roll the clip. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. For some context, some context. Um, and I, if I can get that clip rolled, I'm going to be really excited about, but let's get some context. There was a child, one of my, uh, so Reed who asked that question is my brother-in-law and he's a big, big Braves fan. And they had the little tomahawk that the Braves fan, like the logo for the Braves. And I was doing it for their, their, one of their friends. 
little kids. And so that's why you see me doing the thing. So you can see I have worn my Red Sox hat multiple times on the show. I'm not some trader. I'm not some bandwagon, but it is a funny out of context moment that Reed caught. And so he's very excited about this episode dropping for sure. Okay, this next one comes from my, my brother McGregor. Uh, will Kyle Pitts lead tight ends in yards this season? So Kyle Pitts had a thousand yard season last year for the Falcons. One touchdown, not on American soil. So he's yet to do that. We'll see probably that happen. But I think I don't think he will, McGregor, but I still think Kyle Pitts will have an impact this season. I just think they're going to run their offense a little differently. I don't think Mariota in this Falcons offense is necessarily going to spread throw like an air raid type of thing where they're going to really attack the football in the passing game. I think Mariota, along with Cordell Patterson, they're going to be able to use the run game in a different way, maybe read options, RPOs, stuff like that. And they also just brought in Drake London, who's going to take away some of those yards that Kyle Pitts, it was pretty much him on an island last year with the injury, to, with the suspension to Calvin Ridley and everything that happened, or just Calvin Ridley stepping away and everything that happened. Kyle Pitts was the sole guy. And if you can expect Drake London to step up, I think Kyle Pitts suffers a little bit in yardage for that, but I still think he's going to have a phenomenal season. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a thousand yards yet again. Okay. This one comes from my buddy Jackson, famous, famous guy for coming on this podcast a lot. I think four times now. So he's probably going to come on again. It says he, he says, it feels like the Patriots weren't super aggressive this off season because see, because they see how many AFC teams in the AFC are forming. And next year they'll have a hundred million dollars in cap space. Do you agree with this assessment? as they're waiting to make potentially make those big moves and who do you see them going after? So I can answer that in many ways. I see this Patriots rebuild because when Tom Brady and Belichick split apart, it was Tom Brady was going to win it. There was no doubt because Tom Brady got to pick his team. He got to pick his situation. The Patriots have this four-year plan almost year one, Cam Newton kind of feel things out and just kind of get through the year. There's no salary cap. It's a COVID year. You can almost scratch that off. Your year two, you find your guy with Mac Jones. You see if he's the franchise quarterback. You see if he's worth investing guys into. And they did. Got Hunter Henry, John U. Smith, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne. This offseason, they don't have as much money, but they want to kind of see how these pieces develop and progress. Where do we need to find the spots on the roster? Where do we need to go to tack when we have that kind of money? I can give you that answer. They're going to attack corner. Whoever's available, I can see a 2014-like free agency where New England goes after the best corners on the market and pays them handsomely because that's the glaring weakness on this Patriots team. If there's anything that I would like fixed, it's that secondary. So, Jackson, that's who they're going to go after. And I kind of agree with the assessment. Maybe they're just biding their time. This is a process. Not necessarily a rebuild, but more of a retooling and a revamping. Okay, this one comes from Mia. Uh, how will Landon, Landon Zanders stepping away from the football team affect this football the team's performance in a sense and so Landon Zanders if you're somehow listening to this congratulations on like just a great career with Clemson and all you did and I think this does some certain things I think they have plenty of safeties that they can step up and make plays Andrew Makuba is going to be fantastic Tyler Venables is going to be phenomenal those guys have stepped in they've learned from guys like Nolan Turner and Landon in respect in certain respects so it's kind of how like it's well, it was a shock, but I don't think it's as big of a blow. Not an, any offense to Xanders. They just have depth and they have health this year, which is something they did not have last year for the Tigers. I'm very excited about the safety group and what they can potentially do. Jalen Phillips is another name. Toriano Pride is another one that's super athletic that can play multiple spots. I'm excited about where this, this team goes with that safety position. 
Mickey Khan is very fascinated with these guys. He's their co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. Watch Makuba. Watch and what he does, Mia. Okay, this one comes from Mitchell. With the right leadership and guidance, could Trevor Lawrence make Jacksonville a contender in the next five years? Yes. If Trevor Lawrence plays like to the number one overall pick, an Andrew Luck, a Peyton Manning, this roster is start is going to start to rebuild those tools, start to go out and find these championship guys. And if Trevor Lawrence, let's say, has a 30-touchdown year, he's going to attract veterans who are going to want to play for him. Doug Peterson, as well, is a coach that players really like, won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia. They can make this kind of core work. Let's say they win seven or eight games this year, and it really is evident that this team is going somewhere. I definitely think that they could be going in the right direction. They already are with guys like Doug Peterson taking that leadership role. No more distractions, no more garbage with Urban Meyer. Yes, this is a team that could contend in maybe five or six years. It's just going to take time. It depends on Lawrence. Is he the guy? Is he the one that we've been hailing since he's been a freshman at Cartersville? That's your answer. If Lawrence plays up to his number one pick, he's going to attract guys, and he's already got his coach, so it's going to be perfect. This one is for Armani, my guy. Uh, expectations for Davis Mills. And will the Vikings win the NFC North? So I think Davis Mills is one of those quarterbacks that can play with no pressure next year because the Texans have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. No, it's not a, a shade to the Texans at all. It's just kind of how things are going. They're rebuilding. They got a new coach in Lovey Smith, who I don't know why they hired him. I wish they would have gone for more of an offensive mind. Maybe Eric Bieniemy from Kansas City. Maybe somebody like that. Maybe they could have tried to get Mike McDaniel before he was hired by the Dolphins, who they've been doing really well in camp. I think Davis Mills could pretty much, it's like playing without pressure, saying, hey, all I have to do is just go out there and play ball. We're not probably going to win many games, but I can still go out there and perform and maybe win a couple surprise games. Like they played against the Chargers last year, who were considered a playoff team. They dominated and they won. They played together as a team. I think Mills will be fine next year. I don't think he's going to wow anybody. It kind of reminds me of Daniel Jones in certain senses. He gives you those flashes but it's not really all put together yet. I think Mills is fine. And at Stanford, he was projected, I think, first-round pick in certain drafts. He just kind of fell off after I, I, after the 2020 season. I don't know if it's because they didn't play many games or he got hurt, but I think he was a first-round pick in some outlets. But I, I could be wrong by that. And I do think the Vikings have a strong chance to win the NFC North. This offense is going to be really nice. The Rams offensive coordinator brought over to be the head coach for the Vikings, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook, Herb Smith Jr., Kirk Cousins, I don't think, I think Kirk gets a bad rap. There's a lot of the prime time you like that stuff, but Kirk Cousins is a solid quarterback, and if he can just get the ball to his distributors, not make mistakes, this is a team you can be really excited to watch. I, for one, think that with everything that Green Bay is dealing with right now, this receiver turnover, no Devontae Adams, who's going to be that number one guy? I think Minnesota could catch them on a bad day. Maybe split the series and win games in certain points where it matters because the NFC, like I said, wide open this year. Besides a couple specific teams, anybody can win this, and I'm super excited about it. So, Marty, I do think the Vikings have a strong chance to win this division. It's just a matter of how this offense progresses as the summer and how we roll into fall. How does it all develop? Okay, my next one is from Zach, and he, I think Zach, if you're watching this, I don't have the Instagram question right, but I do remember it. it's. If I had French toast, pancakes, and waffles all in front of me, which one would I pick? I got to go with French toast every time. Story time. <laughs> there was a, at my old school, so you can see Pinewood. It's my alma mater for high school. Um, graduated there in 2020. Love it. Great school. If you are looking for a private school in the area, it's summer, go. <laughs> there you go, Sidon. There's your, there's your advertisement for you. 
um, if you're watching or listening. But Pinewood, we had these periods in between first period and second period, which was like about 15, 20 minutes where we just kind of like, yeah, it was like an extra wake up period after the first class. And we got to go to the cafeteria and get like snacks and little like breakfast items. And they had these French toast sticks and my God, were they great. They were fantastic. It, it was something that I was just excited for every single time I had the chance to get one just because it would like, we get like three and you get maple syrup and you're just like in heaven. And I loved it. And you just sit over the table, talk with your guys for a little bit before the next class. And that was that. And it was perfect. <laughs> okay. Oh, my phone turned off. I got to get it back. Ah! Okay. This one's from Gabe. He wants me to talk about ECU football and my expectations. And I think he said something along the lines of nine and three. Gabe, I looked at it and I did a little bit of research. Your first game is against NC State. That is your litmus test, my friend. That's where you're going to find out what this team is made of. If they compete with an NC State team, I think, could have a lot of potential being within the top 10 by the time they face Clemson. You're going to see a lot of things progress. I think that this is a program heading in the right direction. I think you should be excited, Gabe, especially you being a student there. I wanted to make sure I did. I didn't have the time to do my full research that I wanted to do, but I did want to make a point of how that NC State game makes a significant impact and could be a marquee game for the program moving forward. So that's what you should look forward to. How does this NC State game go? They don't have to necessarily win, but if they're competitive, I expect a 9-3 and three season from them because NC State's one of the most solid teams in the ACC right now with the best quarterback in Devin Leary, who's going to be a first-round pick. Mark my words. Okay, this is one uh, Isabella. She says, I want to hear your thoughts on the freshman class and what you think they're going to uh, like throw at us, especially with the new QB dynamic and how this compares to DJ. We already talked about that aspect, so I'm going to talk about the freshman receivers. I actually got to hear Dabo say, Antonio Williams, Adam Randall, Cole Turner, Isabella, these are the guys you need to watch for in terms of how they will build the program moving forward. Cole Turner, the brother of Nolan Turner, who is balling out at Bucks camp, he hasn't dropped the ball in practice. And this was um, this was a couple days ago when I got to hear this, so I don't know how it's progressed. Adam Randall is making a fantastic recovery from an ACL injury, and he was balling out in the spring. Antonio Williams, a guy that can kind of do it all, is a solid, really smooth receiver with his routes and is just learning the mastery of the offense. These are guys you should watch within that freshman class, and there's tons of others that I'm not even going to be able to mention because it's just like it's a lot of information up here in my brain. But I would be excited. I would be excited, too, about the 2023 class coming up to Clemson next fall. Okay, this one's from Graham. What's the expectation for the Tigers? Uh, the, how he words us, the Tigers of Clemson this fall. My buddy Graham. Series. Uh, I think you're, that's your nickname or something, right? Yeah. Um, what's your, my, what are my expectations? I think we're going to, I think Clemson last year, there were injuries. There was lack of continuity. There was like that saying, if everything could have gone wrong, that went, everything that went wrong or could have gone wrong, went wrong. This is a Clemson team that's gained perspective. This is a Clemson team that's going to be healthy. If the quarterback play can live up to the standard and DJ can elevate it to what we know we can do, because you just don't go throw for 400 yards at Notre Dame and be a scrub. There's something in there. If you can unlock that, even half of what that is, this team should win the ACC. This team is the most talented roster in the conference. They have the best defense in the conference, best front seven in the conference. There's a lot of bests that I'm listing when this team is healthy. And it's not just because I go to Clemson or anything like that. There are NFLs. There and there's NFL talent on this team, and they consistently show it out day by day, play by play, rep by rep. If this team can get the offensive side figured out, use the run game with Shipley, Mafa, and Pace, I could see a 12 and one season where they win the ACC and compete for a playoff spot. 
Okay, this last question. I feel like we kind of flew through these, did we not? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe that you prefer that speed. Um, Darian asks, who do you feel like will be a sleeper to win the national championship this year? This is an interesting one because you don't really think about it until it really hits you. You go, man, who's going to be your sleeper pick to win or make the playoffs? I'm going to say Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma is building something with Brad Venables. There's an aspect to what he does. It's like Dabo-esque. He learned from who he pretty much learned who from who he was under for a long time. The defense is going to improve. Dylan Gabriel is a quarterback that I really like. He's a winner. He's proven. He's been there, done that at UCF. Come in and establish this winning culture at Oklahoma that Lincoln Riley left to go to USC. They've got the pieces. They've got the talent. This team isn't going to fall off, but I think they could win the Big 12 and potentially sneak in and surprise a team. So, Darian, that's going to be my pick for Oklahoma, being my sleeper pick for the, na- the national championship. Mm. And that does it for our mailbag questions. Uh, I, I don't think I'm forgetting anybody. If I did, please let me know. Yell at me in the comments. Let me know what you want to see next. Thanks for all the support on the other videos. Subscribe and leave a five-star review as always. Thanks for helping us push to 10,000 listeners. Let's try to get it before I move in. Thank you guys as always. Stay tuned for episode 100. It's going to be short, sweet, and to the point. I can't wait. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.